Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to The Working Artist Project. Tonight is, well, just so everybody knows who's out there listening and so the other people that are watching, uh, this is uh, Gregory's vacation month, so we won't see him until August, if we're lucky, because then he's going out on the road with uh, Michael Blueblay. <laughs> Greg is getting all the money, so we got a very special guest tonight who you may have seen on the show before, the one and only Miss Jeanette Berry. What up, Jeanette? Hey, how are you? I'm good, man. It's good to see you. You too. And uh, we, I'm happy to be here with you, and it's going to be very interesting to get a, a fresh perspective on the vibe. Yeah. Yeah, man. But before, before we get right into the show, I do have to do the public service announcements, and we want everybody to go over to secondlinearts.org and sign up for our newsletter. And uh, every week or every other week or once a month or at some point, me and Greg, we're going to hit you with some some very special, uh, I like to call them quadrillion dollar ideas. So it's worth it. Sign up. You can stay in the know what's happening with Second Line Arts Collective and, and you know, get to know me and get to know Greg. So, yeah. But with that, I want to let hand it right over to Jeanette and let her do the introduction for tonight's guest. Thank you. So I'm excited to be speaking with um, my friend, Mr. Thelgen Allen. He's a trumpet player from Baltimore. Um, he has worked with the likes of many, which we'll get into. I don't know how uh, not shy he's going to be this evening about who he's worked with, um, but we're also going to get into his creative process, how this pandemic has been, um, and his life in Baltimore, and the choice to stay in Baltimore. Um, so, Thelgen, welcome this evening. Uh, thank you for having me, Jeanette and uh, Darren. You are most certainly welcome. So, the first thing I want to um, jump in with is just tell the folks who you are, um, and I know who you're you know, kind of your hero, heroes are and things like that. But tell us who you are, what kind of music you like to put out into the world um, and anything else you'd like to let the people know right off the bat. Well, like you said, I'm Belgian Allen from Baltimore, Maryland, trumpet player, composer, arranger. Um, who do I like to listen to? Um, some of my biggest influences are well, my biggest influence is a guy from here, from Baltimore, Maryland, a guy named Gary Thomas, saxophone player, who was like, he opened up a whole nother world to like improv and uh, approach to music. And it's uh, one of my other guys I like to listen to a lot and get a lot of influence from is uh, Doobie Powell. He's like a keyboard organ player, uh, gospel artist from out of Connecticut. And um, I know that's kind of like two extremes, but they're like, they're like two of my favorites right now. No, and I think when people listen to your music, they'll understand mm -hmm. that a little better okay. too. So okay. that's dope. Yeah, absolutely, bro. I, I had a chance to um to dig some of the tracks you sent us and you know, and also check out some of your other music oh. online. And it, it's dope. Oh, man, man. Appreciate it. It's dope. 
I, I, I was like, this is some of the blackest music I ever heard in my life. Man, man appreciate it. <laughs> you know, just, and I can hear, I can hear all those influences, you know, you pulling from, you pulling from the hip hop, you also pulling from mm-hmm. the straight ahead. Because I, I read, you didn't name this, but I, I did read that Clifford Brown was your inspiration for starting to play Clifford the Brown was definitely my inspiration for starting, like for playing trumpet, period. I was, uh, I was like 11 or 12 one day listening to the radio. And uh, it was back in the day when you can actually like tape was playing on the radio, just hit record and everything. So I recorded that and just kept listening to it. And I, I wasn't even playing trumpet yet. I was so weird about it. So I like begged my mother to buy me a trumpet. And a couple months later, she got she got it for me. And then I, as soon as I got the trumpet, I started, I tried to start learning a Clifford Brown solo. So I was like, that was <laughs> wrong in itself. So. Wow, that's crazy, bro. That is crazy. That's crazy. I mean, it's also crazy that Clifford Brown was on the radio in your house. You know, in my house, it was like right. SWV, <laughs> Tony Braxton. I grew up. You know I kind of I mean? grew up in a very multifaceted part. They listened to everything in my house. Like my father, he's a gospel musician, but you know, he he's the one that exposed me to like Pat Metheny and like uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire and different casts like that. So I was listening to jazz station when I was like 12 or whatever so I, I mean because I was all I'm always been into like different types of music when I was like eight or nine I used to walk around with like a Beethoven score and like uh, headphones on and like following the score listening to it oh, yeah wow that's amazing um it it, it is uh, and it's funny because we met and I don't know if you remember this but we had a music technology class um and I got a C. I didn't <laughs> care. Um, I should have, though, because here we are and I'm using all this right. stuff now. And I'm like, dang, I should have listened to that class right. a little more. But you, sir, do a lot of um, not just composing, playing. You do you record. Um, you use a lot of, like I noticed that you use a lot of electronic stuff in mm-hmm. your music. Um where did that come from? Um, can you tell us about kind of putting all these worlds together, the Beethoven, the Clifford Brown, the hip hop, the electronic, like, I'd love to hear how your head works in that space. Um, so it's kind of, I use this program called Reason. Everybody probably knows about that. I use Reason. I still use Reason 5. I know they got up to like Reason 12 or something like that. I still use Reason 5. It works. And um, a homeboy of mine, uh, Will Spence, he showed me like how to use like the programs and like how to use different sounds and like, you know, just how to connect things. And I just started, he showed me that and I kind of just went on with it and uh, learned how to sample and all that stuff. And just whatever I heard, literally, I would put in the track and like try to, you know, whatever sound that came close to what I heard in my head, I would just put it down. And um, that's pretty much how everything came about far as the tracks, not far as like the inspiration of the yeah. music or anything. Uh, so yeah. wait, so on your records, it's you you also produce the tracks that mm-hmm. you're playing. Like if if there's tracks you produce that and right. you play over it. Yes, sir. Oh damn. So you so you basically Kanye. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. <you. laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's kind of rare, Jeanette, you know, for people for people cast to do both, usually they hire a producer. Correct. To, to to do that part of it. I'll so, I'll yeah. do the main, like just the main theme and stuff. And I'll hire like a, one of my homeboys or something like that to play like the real keyboard parts. I'm I'm good enough just to play like the pads and stuff like that. But if I really want to feel a, 
a real piano player, I'll just go hire something like that and, and the bass stuff like that too. So I'll just do the foundation, then my friends really make it to like a musical thing for real. So I got you. And so you they that they teach in production classes at the new school or what? That's that's how you got into um, that or what was the vibe? That was that came after new school. I, I didn't get into like production to like I mean we we had that course at uh at UArts, but like it wasn't until maybe like 10 years after that and, until I got into reasons and like started making tracks and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. That's a long yeah. time. That's dope. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, when you, um, when you're writing and when you're composing, um, talk to us about uh, if there's a block. I know, I think I, we might've spoken about this Darian um, on my episode, but I've been, I've been talking to a lot of people lately that, whatever forever whatever the reason the pandemic or something like that they're like man i just haven't written i haven't done anything like i feel like a creative block has that been you has it been you for this pandemic and you know can you can you talk on that if you do get it or how do you know how to get through it i got it for a second i was telling a a homeboy of mine who i was uh, torn with i was like man like i just haven't really been writing some stuff and then Right after that, I, you know, stuff in my life will happen and then I'll just start writing a bunch of stuff. And like I have, I'll le- I know I have at least full en- enough music for at least two albums now during the pandemic. Sheesh. So, and um, I've just been writing stuff that's been going on in the world, you know, trying to translate it to music and just to the best that I see, it, you know. And um, I've been coming up with some crazy stuff. I'm actually like kind of nervous if I'm even put it out because it's just out there. I left some friends of mine here. They're like, yeah, who who the hell is gonna play this? Like <laughs> <laughs> which 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 events are you exploring exactly when you say, you know, it's things that are going in the world? What what things are inspiring you to create? You know, as it happened to everybody, a lot of people lost friends and family and stuff like that. And then just I wrote some stuff, man. I was in the studio with a friend of mine working on some stuff like two o'clock in the morning. And, you know, you know, you take it for granted that, you know, it's like, all right, man, I'm gonna see you later. And like, that was literally the last time I saw that cat. And he was sitting right next to me. Oh my gosh. And he, you know, passed away from COVID. So stuff like that has been like, you know, just insane to me. And like, so I try to put that down on paper or track it out to, you know, to release that. And just other events, you know, just all the, the riots and just the police, all the police stuff and everything. Like, I'm definitely got music about that and just stuff that's been happening in my personal life, family, stuff like that. You know, that's where the inspiration comes from. It's funny you asked that. A friend of mine asked me that too. He's like, yo, how do you come up with these melodies and stuff like that? I was like, yo, you, when you live your life, you know, like try to put that shit on paper as best as you can. Absolutely. And you know, Jeanette, y'all, that might be why a lot of times when you, it, during COVID, we were still. So there wasn't really a whole lot of life to live. Like you're just yeah. in your bubble. And that can stifle creativity because as creatives, we need to experience, we need to eat good mm-hmm. food. We need to hang out with our friends and also like the tragedies of life. We we need all of it yeah, um, to be inspired to create, man. You know, and I'm sorry about your friend. I'm sure yeah. everybody listening to this lost somebody if if not if if not more and we all kind of like figuring out how to cope and and mourn 
you know, through through this process, especially when you're disconnected and you're, maybe you're alone in your house or, you know, I, I, what was your situation? Were Man, you alone I've or? been, I felt like I've been in prison. I've been alone pretty much this whole time, man. It's like, I really, you know, some people, I'm luckily I can deal with stuff like that, but some people really just can't handle being alone. I'm like, yo, just, just stay in the crib, man. So you can be around when stuff opens up, man. You know, like, you know, just, I had to, you know, I had to tough it out like everybody else. It sucked being alone, but, you know, got to deal with it. Yeah. I was grateful to live with my brother uh, for the pandemic, which was really nice. And we were actually living in Charlotte for the bulk of it. And in Charlotte, people didn't really get it. Like it was wild coming from New York. Like I moved to Charlotte in Mm. June and it was like it is now in Charlotte in June. Folks were just like, I mean, yeah, I guess things are closed at 11, but mm, I'm not going to wear a mask outside. What's COVID? I'm like, wow. So it was it was kind of a shock, but I stayed in my apartment because I right. said, no, 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 right. no, no, no. Um, wild, wild. This, um, this, what are you, oh, were you, were you going to say? I was just going to say the South is a wild place. You know, I'm from Mississippi, mm. so I know all about it. Dog. <laughs> but go ahead, Janelle. I want to break wild you up. Place. Oh, no, it's OK. Um. I'm kind of happy to be back in New York. With that said, um, and you notice I said kind of. So, Belgian, um, we had a really interesting conversation right before the pandemic uh, happened. Um, you, I'm just gonna just gonna put some of your business out there. You were playing trumpet for Jill Scott right before um, the the world closed, and you when we were when you came to New York, we had a conversation about moving to New York and staying in Baltimore and, you know, people think that they have to be in New York for things to pop off, but you have made a successful from, from what looks on the Mm -hmm. outside, right? You might have a different, (laughs) different opinion, but what it looks like on the outside is you've made a successful, you know, space for yourself as a, as an, a working artist in Baltimore, staying in Baltimore. Um, Tell us about that choice and, you know, all that. Uh, I really didn't decide to stay in Baltimore. It kind of just happened. I was living in Philly. Things were going great. I was traveling with uh this group, uh, Ty Tribute and GA and stuff like that, and doing stuff with James Poison, different casts like that. And something happened. I was living with Omari, Foreman Bay, and he up mm-hmm. and just decided to like not tell me he wanted, he didn't want to renew the lease. So I didn't have at the, at the time, I didn't have enough money to cover the whole rent for the whole house. So I was like, man, I'm just going to move back to Baltimore. And, and I was like, I'm gonna come back to Philly in like two years or whatever. And that was like 15 years ago, whatever. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, things been, things been working out great down here, even though like it has this drag, drag times down here, where it's like, you know, that's like, that's anywhere though. But, uh, things have been really great. I, I work with a great horn section down here, Mo Horns, where they they play with, we play with everybody. I'm working with them, and I've got a chance to like record on, on albums with Janet Jackson, uh, Mary J. Blige, um, Wow, Pussycat Dolls, uh, just just a lot of different artists, uh, thousands of different uh, gospel artists, and just you know, it's been a great opportunity, and just. Luckily, I still get calls for like, you know, like you said, Jill Scott. Um, I got a chance to tour with uh, Lettucey for a few years, still living out of Baltimore. Um, you know, I got a, a lot of great musicians live here in Baltimore, you know, that 
get calls and it's, you know, it's just, it's just where we live. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was nice living in Philly when we did, I think too, because it was, and I think still is, but it was the hotbed for like touring musicians. Like if you needed people to, uh, go on tour, Philly and South Jersey were, you know, that's where people were getting their musicians from for the it's most definitely. part. So, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. just telling my wife today, cause we was watching that quest love joint on Netflix summer so of soul, right? That's the name of it, right? Yeah. Summer of soul. And, and she was like, what is the Philly sound? I was like, well, have you ever heard any la- live R&B band? That's it. <laughs> like, that's the sound. That's the sound, you know, but it, it's interesting, man, it, it, that, you know, cause you're still connected into, a, into that, that R&B gospel, hip hop and jazz on a, on a very high level. Anytime Janet Jackson got something to do with it, you a bad <laughs> motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And and to and it's great to let people know like you don't have to live in New York, you don't gotta live in LA. There's opportunities everywhere. everywhere. You know what I mean? Everywhere. And and so what are some things that you do to, to to capitalize on those opportunities when they do come your way? Um, make the most of it. You know, even though like I was on a I was with the Jill Scott situation for maybe about we only got a chance to tour for a month or so. We were supposed to do a world tour for maybe about eight or nine months or whatever. And, you know, just make a, a, the best of what everything is. I'm, I still talk to a lot of those cats from the band and stuff like that, keep in contact, even though we were just on the road for like a month. We, you know, them cats were like brothers. I mean, they really treated me really good and just network and just, you know, I'm a shy guy, but you know, I, you know, you got to network and just make things happen if you want, if you want to get to different places. Yeah, bro. I like that, man. I like that. It's true. I'm a terrible networker. I really have to get better at it. <laughs> I am. It's terrible. I don't know about that. I, I don't know about that, Jada. You're pretty yeah, I personal. You're pretty... I, think, I think you'd be right up there. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Man, let, why don't we go ahead and take a second and play and play this one tune of yours. It's called Nursery Joint. Let's check it out. Bye. 
modest, but all of us are photographers when we focus on the right picture. But height figures since we the targets as hard as your passion is where your heart is since all the nonsense is clogging my mind. Bought the big ass, hard to sit quiet, ride for innocent wives. Isn't it wise? Don't call it quits. I bought my fist and lifted up, picking my hair, picking up different stairs, feeling like this isn't fair. It's enough. I quit this message to sit in this chair. Some of y'all blind to the facts. I know your vision's impaired. You know the wisdom is there. I see these images clear. Truth is a melody set you free when it enters the ear. Listen up. And since it's us that matter, they rather censor us. Since it's us, take away freedom. You know this is unjust. It's unjust. It's unjustness. Need to be made. I was unjust. So many elements in that joint, man. You see, right. y'all, y'all see what I'm saying? Where it just captures the whole ele- ele- elegance of blackness. It's crazy. It's just super black, super black. I love it. I, the vocals and everything to me is just beautiful. And then when you follow the the the, uh, the lyricist up with the trombone, kind of like a quasi trombone solo, which also to me is just another mm-hmm. vocalist. Right. Is that's that concept is is amazing, man. How did you how did you what were you thinking about when you developed um, That's funny you said. I, I think that was a reference track. It's, the name of the song is actually Hope for the Hopeless. And um, okay. that uh, that tune was... Uh, what was I thinking about around the tune? I think I was thinking... I think I was going through like a period of like just doubt and stuff like that. So I just wrote this tune, you know, like just give yourself hope. You got to lift yourself up sometimes, you know? And then... Um, Got my got my homegirl Kizzy uh, and my homeboy uh, Rufus to sing the melody on this joint. Um, oh, the, the, uh, the venomous, the venomous was the the vocalist was the MC on there. Trombone player was Marvin Mohorns Thompson, and I basically just called him in the studio. I said, "Man, let's have some fun, man," and um, you know, just have some fun. Lay the track down. Just told him what the inspiration was behind the track and. You know they did their thing, and that was actually uh, Doobie Powell on uh, on roads on keys and everything. Yeah, wow. I was actually lucky enough to have him on both of my albums so far. So that's that's been a blessing. Who was the drummer, man? Because that drum was I'm a drummer, so you know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta right, look right. Out for uh, the, uh, the drummer was a cat from out of uh, Connecticut named Will Davis. Will Davis, yeah. a bad dude. Bro. Nice, Skelly. That's beautiful. Yeah, that was man. I I envy so as a singer I I it took me a long time to learn how to write background vocals because I came from the tradition firstly of musical theater 
then jazz. So it's not like in jazz, I was writing for background singers. It was just like, all right, horns. And then they wrote their right. own thing. And so going into this soul R&B, whatever I write for myself, having to write backgrounds, it took me a little bit to like get into that idea. But my biggest inspiration was listening to horn players and what they play on R&B tracks. Cause I was like, yeah, the backgrounds are dope, like on things, but like, I really want it to feel denser than I think background vocals can. And so I'm just always in awe of folks that are able to just kind of do that. Not necessarily easily, but naturally like that shit sounds like it's running in your blood. <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm high key <laughs> jealous because I wish like I wish um, if you were going to tell somebody who's watching this that is a trumpet player or a horn player, like they're like, how did you how did you even do that? Um, is there anything that you would tell them how to start, where to start? I would say the, the, the main thing I, I always keep in in my mind, I got from other arrangers that just stay out of the way of the melody and just try to make whatever you put far as home parts or backgrounds, whatever, however you think about it, just whatever you're doing, make sure it supports the melody, you know? And if you got a little time, time to shine, throw that in there, but just, you know, pick and choose your spots. See, most trumpet players, man, I, I like the way you think, man. Because most trumpet players would have came out right away trumpet solo. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> High C right, everywhere, right. baby. <laughs> so true. <laughs> man, I, I was listening to, I'm curious, you don't, what about, what about Roy, man? Is, is, is Roy, Roy is, you, was one of, I'm not, I'm not going to say was, he is one of my biggest influences, man. Like him, Clifford Brown, um, in high school, somebody had to tell me to stop listening to Roy Harborough. That's how much I sounded like him. He, he was, was literally my, my biggest wow. influence. And I actually got to meet him when I was 15 and like sit in with his big band. And that kind of like, just, I was like, man, this is the best trumpet player. At, it, yeah. When he, when Roy passed away a couple of years ago, man, that really, that deeply hurt me, man, for real. But he was one of my biggest, my biggest influences for a while um, to the point like one of my good friends, and I'm glad he told me that. He said, if you ever want to have a career, man, stop listening to Roy Harbour. <laughs> and I, I know what he meant by that. He didn't mean like, don't listen to him, but like, don't try to become that cat. Where I, like, you, you know? Yeah. And that was, that was some of the best advice Dante Winslow ever gave me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So somebody once gave me some similar advice in high school. It's like, why are you trying to sound like that cat? That cat's still exactly. alive. You, you, know, they, you think they're going to call you? No, they're going to exactly. call him. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. It's, but but Roy, Roy was a special dude. And, and somehow Roy, I didn't know Roy well, but I saw him all the time at Smalls mm -hmm. and, and actually played play with him quite a bit, you know, on jam sessions and stuff like that. And he had a way of touching, touching you and teaching you a lesson without even right. talking to you. Most definitely. <laughs> no. So he, he was he was special, man. And uh, you know, he's sorely missed right. for sure. It, did you ever get a chance to play with him or I did, I never did like a gig or anything. It was always like a jam session situation, like small. So the last time I played at Smalls, he was there. And you know, we ended up playing on the tune. And uh that's funny. I knew that was the last time I was gonna see him. Yeah. Wow. How how I so? Just, I just felt I was like, yo, you're not gonna see that cat, man. And like I just made sure I, I you know, just was beside that cat. And I didn't want to like be all on those star stuff, but I just made sure like, yo, this cat really like changed my life, man. You know, and let him know that, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah. I I, I get that because I'm a big Kobe mm. fan. You know what I'm saying? And I remember, I'll, I'll go back and, and this don't have nothing to do with nothing, but my mother is a big Prince mm-hmm. fan. And so remember when Prince died and she was, she like, you know, she like lost it. And I'm like, man, what's wrong with it? I don't get it. You yeah. know, <laughs> like you don't even know this man. Like, <laughs> but when Kobe passed, I was like, okay, I get it. Cause I'm, I'm on the brink of tears. Like we right. were boys, you know, but from, from a little kid, I'm watching Kobe. I'm in the park. I'm, co- you know, and, and so you can, you can have a, a, a love for somebody that's like, right. deep, even if you don't right. really know them, you know, a, res- a right. respect. It's like, yeah, I respect, I respect you and I respect how you- I respect your hustle. So I, I I definitely get that. But listening to that, I was thinking like, wow, man, this cat kind of, yo, I think Roy's his man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Actual and factual. Um, So where, what are you, other than the stuff that you've been writing coming out of this period in time, where do you see yourself? What do you, what are some goals that you have for yourself? I actually want to produce a couple records for some other people. And um, I um, and beyond my, I guess beyond my records and stuff like that, I really want to get into like more arranging for like strings and stuff like that for other people's stuff, you know, and strings and just or or not just strings, horn arrangements or whatever arrangements. I do a a lot of reharm, so I I just need to get some more of my arrangements out there, you know, get some writing credits stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. You want to do you want to do that like more in the R and B thing? Is that is that kind of a path? I don't really know. Is that like a path to make more money if you're doing that kind of thing for a Jill Scott? Um, or? I guess whoever really is is not necessarily tied down to a genre or anything. I, whoever wants an arrangement, if a, if a jazz cat wants something, I'll definitely you know arrange it for them. If a gospel cat wants an arrangement, that's that's not a problem. Okay. Here cool. 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 Yeah, I was just curious, man, because you you know sometimes those R and B joints they might. I mean, pay they, more, they, you, know, you might get they, they definitely, <laughs> they definitely. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they do. Yeah. They definitely yeah. do. Um, yeah, I just think it's um, I think it's really dope how you have um, how you have progressed as a musician. Um, and whoever's listening, if you're watching, um, go find Belgian's music wherever it can be found. Um, so that, and we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll shout all of that out later. Um, but because it's important as musicians, but it's also important as people to grow and evolve. So can you discuss like who you were when you wrote that? Um, hope for the hopeless and who you are now. I know you spoke a little bit about of where you were, so not necessarily where you were writing it, but like who you were as a person and who you are now and how that's going to or has affected your music. So that album came out about five years ago and I wrote that maybe a year before that. So that was a, that was a, I remember that I was living in a not so nice spot in Baltimore. I was going through a lot. Um, I was in a, yeah, I was in a different space for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was definitely in a different space. I needed that. I needed something like, I needed that song to listen to, to inspire myself, you know? So 
I wrote that. I actually remember sending Doobie the piano parts. Like I recorded and I was like, yo, you think you can check this out and lay some piano stuff? And he did an awesome job. But I remember I was living in a part of Baltimore I didn't like. I was, uh, you know, I was still gigging and stuff a lot, but I just, I just, I just remember it kind of being like a stressful time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, and where now, uh, five months, 2020 will be two years ago. You know, isn't that crazy? Yeah. So <laughs> insane. So now I'm kind of in a place. I'm beyond where I was when I was writing that song, but it's. I'm not in a bad place. I'm just like, man, I need whatever change is going to happen in the world. I need that to happen so I can continue on with, mm. with my life as far as like, you know, just, just being in the house and just, you know, things are opening back up, but like this, it's not really the same for us musicians yet, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to ask that question because through the pandemic, um, you know, we had a, a nice little community of folks that we got to, um, and I speak we, I mean, Darian and I, we got to like hang on Zooms and things. And, you know, we had we were very active in, you know, in uh, chats and such. So that helped me to simply still be able to hold on to community. And it's so important, I think, for musicians, musicians like working musicians who who this is their job to like have that balance. And we lost that balance. Like I realized like. I was I worked a day job and gig and I realized that without gigging my day job was torture like I could do it before I was just like yeah whatever but that's because I can leave and then go do what I actually want to do um but without that I was just like whoa this is and a lot of revelations happened a lot of growth happened for me during this time and I'm grateful that I'm still here and that I I got through that part of it because it's definitely not necessarily right. over. So, you know, I'm, I'm still here and I'm grateful for that. But what I saw was that we as musicians need to take better care of ourselves and in all of the ways. Um, and so I wanted to ask you that because I think it's important to also see our humanity because a lot of the times, and I spoke with Darian about this on um, when I was here, because a lot of the times folks don't see musicians as human beings, they see us as, you know, people that are producing a product in which they love. Um, So I think it's important for folks to, you know, say, oh yeah, you weren't in a, in a great place yet. Might've made a great song, but you don't want to stay in that great place and simply write great music, (laughs) you know, when you're in a bad place, that's not necessarily like that doesn't need to be. So. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one thing that's interesting about this part of the conversation is the acknowledgement of us transitioning to something different because for us, our whole industry stopped. (laughs) It wasn't like put a mask on and just keep on playing. No, it's just, well, we don't know. So, so uh, like, I'm sure that I'm sure all of us just did some other shit to make money. You know, we had to do something or maybe we just got unemployment, but everybody couldn't get that. So we had to kind of shuffle around and so now you're trying to like get back into the gig scene, but the gigs are slow coming and the bread is half, which, <laughs> which is kind of crazy because what people don't realize is if they are doing concerts, sometimes there's capacity limits. So say you do a theater, but only half the people can come. That means that I get paid half. Yeah. 
And and so it it's it's hard, man. It's hard. You, you know, you got a dog, maybe you got some kids, you know. <laughs> you got you got a lizard, right. you got something, you gotta eat. We gotta eat out here, dog. Right. You know? And so, you know, we people should be aware of that. And it's it's a struggle psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually to kind of figure out, okay, what's my path forward? And and I, that's where mm-hmm. I am as a musician. And wh- wh- where are you? I this pandemic has been tough because uh, I wish I was one of those cats that got unemployment or something like that. Like I kind of just been, you know, you had to flip stuff. So I, I, I became like a stock cat and like a crypto guy. I haven't had a job or anything. I've just been like flipping and just whatever money comes in, you know, I had a savings or whatever, but you know, just crypto and stocks and stuff like that. I kind of been making off that, but like, that's tough. That's not really like my feel. I I really want to get back to gigging and, and stuff like that. But like, this is where we at, you know. And 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 I'm not going to make it seem like I'm just some crypto or stock genius. I have and like a lot of studio stuff has been coming in, and like that's really been like holding me down for real. Because if not, I would be like asked out for real, you know. So studio stuff, like a lot of cats are still making music and stuff like that. You know, just can't. You can't go to this studio. Luckily, I have some friends. We have he has a studio up in his in his basement, and we just record out of there and stuff like that. But other than that, it's I really wonder how like a lot of musicians. I know a lot of people have been getting like jobs and stuff like that, or just like some some of the musicians that I know like that that were living paycheck to paycheck that uh, before the pandemic. So it, it made me wonder like, yeah, what were y'all doing during the pandemic, man? I was really concerned about a lot of my friends with that. That's a great point, man, because everybody, first of all, musicians don't like to save money. So uh, not me, not me. <laughs> I, act like, I yeah. act like I got $50 in my account all the time. I, I don't care how much money. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm cheap. I save my money for everything, yo, in case something like this happens. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm, right. I'm, I'm in the same boat, dog. I, 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 I keep an emergency fund completely right. funded because you, right. you never know. And, you know, that that's what got me through. So I'm just like, all right, I'm good. I, right. I can make it. I can make it to the end of this. No problem. But some right. people can't for various exactly. reasons. And, and so we do need to we do need to acknowledge that like you mm-hmm. just did, man. So, yeah, some people out here paycheck to paycheck and everybody can understand that because some people got a day job paycheck and the paycheck right. in it. So, you know, I think that's just kind of America, the, the culture in America to do that. But but this pandemic really right. woke us up. Some yeah. of us, at least, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, man. It's, Some it's of us. Some of I like us, how yeah. You put that in. <laughs> Some of us. But look, man, we, we coming to the end here, bro. But before we go, I do want you to, to give you an opportunity to kind of give the people an idea of where they can come, they can find you maybe on social media or uh, where they can connect. I'm on Facebook. You know, you can just look up my name, Thelgen Allen. And I'm on uh, Instagram under Thelgen A, at Thelgen A. I think I may have a a Twitter thing too under under the same thing. But as far as like having my music on uh, a site or anything like CD Baby and stuff like that. I took all my music down. I'm reformatting everything. I'm working on the CD now, so I'm putting all my music and stuff back up in a in a website and stuff like that. Uh, in a few months, I had to like revamp everything. So beautiful, man, beautiful. So y'all go out there, check it out. Check him out on Facebook for all the people over thirty. 
all y'all youngins. <laughs> all the young people, y'all go to uh, Instagram and check check Belgian out and uh, shoot him a DM and, and he'll let you know when he gets his uh, all his music back online so you can go buy it. You can go buy his merchandise. I, f- I feel like you got a, you got some merchandise. What would you have? You would have like gold chains <laughs> or something. <laughs> you got your own line right. of gold chains. So y'all can go Y'all can go buy Thelgen's uh, gold chains and uh, and also hit him up for some stock and some uh, some crypto nope. advice. I'm a big crypto guy too. So. <laughs> um, also, I'm happy that you're also, honest. Uh, I'm 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 in this group called the Natives. We do have a lot of music coming up soon. Um, you can go to their page on uh, Instagram. I think we also have a, a website. We got merchandise. We got hats, like uh, shirts. Uh, everything so that's a that's another group I'm with that's doing like really good we uh, did a collab with uh, BJ the Chicago kid this summer I mean last summer and um, uh, Mamuna Youssef last summer so that's that's another group we got going on what, what's the what's the at set that where, where, where uh, at you? the natives at yep. the natives alright so y'all check that out too and they, de- they definitely for real got merchandise Most you gotta definitely. check out and uh so so dig that yeah bro that was your man thank you so much man, for coming on the work thank you Jeanette thank you for even thinking thinking of me for this so yeah absolutely absolutely gotta spread spread the love <laughs> so people yep. get to hear good music <laughs> alright y'all we'll catch All right. y'all next time later <laughs>